Well, hello everyone. Good morning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey man, if you can't have fun in church, then I don't know what we're doing in this place. Come on now. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being here. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? Anyone alive today? Man, it's a good day to be in the church today. Um, thank you, thank you for having me here. Hey, can I, can I welcome my, my Centro Victoria family for a moment? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Centro Victoria, ¿cómo están? Man, es un placer de que estén con nosotros. Gracias por ser parte de este servicio hey, Te recuerdo que la semana que entra Vamos a estar en nuestro edificio ¿A qué horas? A las diez y media Si es que gracias por estar aquí Disfruten este servicio Siéntanse como en casa Y vamos a darle para adelante Amén Dios los bendiga Awesome Hey, I always say You know, this is debatable, right? Like, I, I, I feel like Spanish, that's what we're going to be speaking in heaven Right? Uh I mean, his name was Jesus, right? Jesus was the name Jeffrey or, you know, was Jesus, so you never know, man. Um, anyways, hey, if we haven't met, my <laughs> anyways, I had to pull out of my sleeve, my bad. Um, my name is Israel Talamantes, and my wife Megan and I have the great, incredible privilege of pastoring Centro Victoria, which, if you don't know, it's before... Uh, Hispanic church plant and over um, several years God is doing an amazing work new people new families are coming and I can definitely say that the spirit of the Lord is moving in our midst and 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 for me honestly for me it's I was telling some of the pastors like this is home right this this is my family and every time I have the opportunity to be before you guys it's like my familia right tu casa es mi casa right so, and it's just, uh, it's just a privilege. We meet every Sunday at 10.30. Every Sunday at 10.30 in the West Building, which is right across the parking lot. And if you know anyone that speaks Spanish, anyone that looks kind of like me, right? Send them our way. We would love to love on them, to serve them, and for them to experience the love of God. Are you guys ready for the word? Yeah. Hey, today... Today we continue with our dual series, and since before creation, God's desire has always been to dwell amongst us, right? To have a relationship, a close relationship with us. But unfortunately, because of sin entered the world, that dwelling, that relationship was broken. And that's what God decided to send his Jesus to die for us so that he can close that gap and so that he can dwell in our lives. Amen? So this morning, this morning, the title of the message for today is called Dwelling in Brokenness. Dwelling in Brokenness. And if there's anyone in this room that is or has experienced brokenness, it's me. So I'm speaking to you, right, not necessarily as a pastor, uh, as someone that is a super Christian person. But I'm going to speak to you as someone that has been broken and will continue to experience brokenness. So this message is really, really, really close to me. And I hope that you will find uh, hope and freedom by the end of today. Some people say, hey, time will heal wounds, right? Have you heard of that saying? You know, time will heal all your wounds, 
But can I tell you something that is not true? I'm still hurting, right? I'm, I'm, I'm still experiencing brokenness. So in all reality, some of my wounds continue to bleed. So it's not true that time heals wounds. But what I can tell you is that Jesus heals all wounds. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus heals all wounds. And this morning, this morning, I would like to um, start with the story. How many of us here in this room will consider themselves fixers? That you want to fix something? Yeah? Okay. How many of you think you can fix something when in all reality you can't? Yeah? <laughs> I've seen some spouses and wives like, honey, they're talking about you. <laughs> hey, when, I, when my wife and I first bought a home a couple of years ago, it was, it was an older home, right? I thought I knew how to fix things. When in all reality, I've never fixed anything in my entire life. But because I was a homeowner, I thought, man, I, I need to get into the business of fixing stuff, right? I mean, come on. I'm a Mexican and not a Mexican, right? I, I have to do this. I can't. So I was looking around my house to see to find something that was broken. And one time I was, I was doing the dishes, right? And, and, and I saw the, that the garbage disposal was not making any noise. I was like, yeah, this is strange. I don't think it's working well. I went and talked to my wife and said, honey, I think the garbage disposal is broken. And she's like, uh, no, it's not. I literally just used it a couple of seconds ago and it was working just fine. And I'm like, no, honey, you don't know these things. I know, I know about garbage disposals. So I started tearing it apart. And I went, I went to YouTube, right? And it was still in me like 10 reasons as to why garbage disposals break. I started taking it apart. I did, right? And my wife is looking at me across the, uh, um, the kitchen, kind of like, oh my goodness. And I started putting everything back together. But for whatever reason, and I knew God wanted to bless me, but for whatever reason, I have more pieces extra than before I started. <laughs> and I'm like, this is God showing me that he wants to bless me more than I can even think of. And my wife, my wife with her lovely voice said this to me, why are you trying to fix something that is not broken? And I'm like, how do you, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I had to take a trip to Home Depot. I had to pay someone to install it. And after a couple hundred dollars, right, I was in trouble with my wife. Why? Because I thought that I could fix things. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, when we talk about the kingdom of God, this principle does not apply. And the kingdom of God tells me <laughs> that someone or something has to be broken in order to be fixed. When I look in the Word of God, it tells me that my pride, 
that my arrogance, that, that everything that I think is cool, God has to break it in me so that I can become the person that God has created me to be. But you know what? Sometimes I do not, I do not like to be broken. I, don't, I was like, God, like, hey, man, just, just let me deal with myself. Because when God comes into my life and begins to reveal everything inside of me, guess what? Man, there's a lot of ugliness inside of me. But I cannot become the pastor, the father, the son that God has created me to be. If not, comes and breaks me. Do you hear me? So today, I want to read to you from Saul. Psalm chapter 51, verse 17. Psalm 51, verse 17 says this. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. So what pleases God? A broken and contrite or repentant heart. But then as I was reading it, as I was reading different translations, I went and read um, the message translation and it says something like this. Going through the motions does not please you. Hmm. A flawless performance is nothing to you. Have, you. have you ever tried to do a performance for God? Right? Like sometimes I think like, man, like, I'm, I'm a pastor, right? I, I am the man of God. Man, I'm almost like saint. I'm almost like Paul, right? And I think because of my ability to think or to preach or my ability to serve other people, I think that God is pleased with what I'm doing. When in all reality, God is saying, I, I am not pleased by your performance. I am pleased when you come with a repentant heart and you allow me to work in you. But this is hard, right? And then he continues to say, I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. How many prideful people do we have here in this room? Don't answer. Okay. Heart shattered, life's ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Humble hearts, honest hearts is what God desires this morning. And not only is he pleased, not only he desires for us to come with a humble heart, but he also wants to be close. He also wants to dwell. He also wants to be part of all my brokenness in my messiness inside of me. What does Psalm 34 verse 18 says? The Lord is one. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. When my pride, when my sin takes over me, God knows that I'm going to hurt myself, but I'm also going to hurt others. So what does God do? Instead of him being repelled by my arrogance, Instead of him being like uh, uh, um, hurt by, my, my, by my, my pride, he wants to be closed. He wants to dwell. He wants to live among me. 
He knows that I'm heading for destruction. But guess what? With his love, with his grace, and with his compassion, he keeps pulling me closer. I had a, I had a cousin who had a feet problem. And have you guys ever heard the Banyan problem? Banyan? Right? It sounds like Banyo, right? The Banyan problem. And if you don't know what a Banyan problem in their feet is, it's basically a bony bump that, forced, that, that forms right next to your big toe. You know what I'm talking about? Right? And, and my cousin, she was having a hard time walking. It was getting, her feet were getting so bad where she could not even walk. The rest of her toes were getting numb. Her ability to even walk straight was being compromised. Why? Because there was something forming on the side of her feet. She went to the doctor. She got it checked. And the doctor had to say to her, A, in order for you to walk straight, for you, for you pain to go away, the bunny bomb that is on the side of your feet has to be broken. So she went in, right? She got one foot done. They had to like uh, break it. They have to uh, uh, just um, scrape. And then they had to put two, uh, two pins together. So that what? So that she could experience healing. It was a very, very painful surgery. But check this out. But in order for her to walk right, in order for her to experience healing, in order for her feet, right, to experience healing, her bones had to be break first. <laughs> A lot of times in our lives, in order for us to fulfill the mission that God has given us, He is going to have to break our lives. He's going to have to break the bitterness. He's going to have to break the anger. He's going to have to break my pride. He's going to have to break it inside of me. Why? Because he wants to put me in the place that he created me to be. But he has to break me. He has to break me so that he can make me more like him. Psalm 51 verse 8 says this. David was speaking out of brokenness. David was speaking out of pain. David was speaking right after that God protected him from destruction. This is what David said. Hey, let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones that you have crossed rejoice. David had to be broken so that he could be restored again. So that his joy can be put back together. And how many of us this morning want joy, want peace from the Lord? We need that. God needs to break us. God needs to break that sin. But at the same time, there's another type of breaking. There's another type of brokenness. And some of us here might find ourselves in this category. We love God. We humbled. We try to serve we're obedient, right? We're faithful. We're very generous. We do everything that we can to honor God, but yet we still experience pain. 
And you know what? I've tried to serve God with all of my heart since I was a little kid. I've been a pastor's kid my entire life. And I've done a lot of things according to the will of God. And still, I have been broken. And still, I have experienced pain. Has anyone ever felt like that before? Has anyone experienced pain? Has anyone experienced brokenness? Even when everything that you were doing was right? Well, that's me. That's me. God didn't create that. God didn't hurt me. God was not thinking that he needed to, 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 to create brokenness in me so that I can be broken. The world did. My family did. My friends did. The church did. Everyone that is fallen from sin hurt me. But I'm going to read a scripture to you that if you're like me that has experienced brokenness, I pray that it will give you peace and that it will give you hope in the name of Jesus. So if you could turn your Bible to Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Jesus is about to start his ministry. He's been in the wilderness for 40 days. He's tempted, tempted by Satan. He's able to defeat Satan with the word of God. Then he returns to Galilee where his ministry is about to begin. Then one of those times he founds himself in the synagogue, in a temple. And then he stands up to read the word. And this is what Jesus reads. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many of you guys are thankful for Jesus that has come to heal our broken hearts? Amen? Yes. So I would like to point out two words. Two words that stood up to me. And that I'm hoping that it will give us a better understanding. So the first word that I would like to look at is the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. The word brokenhearted comes from the Greek word tetrasemonos. And it basically means a person who has been shattered or fractured by life. This word that Luke is talking about, it means that he has come to heal the broken and the shattered or fractured pieces in my life. I'm going to show you a picture. This is what the word tetrasemonos or brokenhearted means. It just means shattered pieces. It means brokenness. It means fracture. And you know when I look at this, I can see my life in that. If I were to tell you my story, if I were to sit down with you, and like I mentioned to you, I've been pastor skin my entire life, but every, everything that I have endured, all the emotional pain, all of the physical pain, and unfortunately, all of the sexual pain that I had to endure, that's what it did to me. Shattered, fractured, broken pieces. And if I were to be in a statistic, 
I, I would not be able to be here. With everything that I have endured, and the question that always came to my mind when I was going through stuff is, God, where were you? God, I needed you. Why does my life have to be like that? Why does my life have to be in pieces where all that I tried to do was to serve you, was to worship you, was to honor you? Where were you? Have you ever felt like that before? But when I read to Luke, I understand that Jesus came because he knew that my life was going to be in pieces, was going to be a fracture. And then the second word, the second word that I want to look at is the word heal. Jesus said that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. And the Greek word from heal means phisi. And this means to set free from the tremendous effects of a shattered life. So when I read this, it just says that Jesus came to set me free from the detrimental effects from my shattered, fractured, messed up life. So what are the detrimental effects? Pain. Bitterness. Anger. Hate. Man, you have no idea. All the hate that I had in my life from all those people that hurt me. You have no idea how the thoughts, the negative thoughts that came through my mind when I was having to endure that much pain in my life at such a young age. And I didn't understand it. But all that God wanted to do was to be close, was to be near. All that God wanted to do is to dwell in my brokenness so the shattered pieces, so the fractured pieces, he could put it back together and make me whole. And you know what? That's why I'm standing. That's why I'm preaching to you. That's why I'm trying to share my heart. Because Jesus came to my life and gave me hope by putting all my fractured pieces together. And this is what God wants to do this morning with you and me. This is why he came to save us from destruction, from death. He came to give us resurrection life. So that we can even find joy in the midst of the pain. So that we can even find the beautiful things in the maid of my brokenness. Because my brokenness does not define who I am. It's God in His grace who defines who I am. It's Him. So I have a choice to make. Either I push God away because of my own brokenness, because of my own anger, because of my trauma, because of my bitterness which I have, and it hasn't turned out really well. Or else, I gave him another chance and another opportunity for him to come and to dwell in the midst of the brokenness. The problem is that if we push God away, that if, we, if I put a wall in my heart, all the shattered pieces, all the broken relationships, everything that I had endured 
will only make me focus on the pain. I'm going to show a picture to you. And I want to ask you what you think about this. What do you see here? It's an OR. What do we see? We see messiness, right? The room is just, it's just a disaster. We see blood everywhere. We see pain. Perhaps we think, man, someone died. Man, something, something terrible must have happened over there because the whole room is a disaster. But if we see what's in front of us, if we see just a picture and we don't know what happened, all that we're going to see is just messiness. All that we're going to see is just blood and brokenness all over. But what if I were to tell you that in that same OR, a mother gave birth? Would you look at it differently? A mother had to go through a C-section and the doctor had to cut through seven layers. Seven layers of tissue to get the baby out. And some of the moms that have experienced that, they know what I'm talking about. It is one of the most painful, one of the most invasive surgeries ever. But again, but if we only focus on the messiness of that OR and the bloodiness of our R, then we are going to dismiss the beautiful miracle that just happened. A baby was born. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how messy, it doesn't matter how broken, it doesn't matter how messed up your life is, Jesus can turn it into a miracle. Can anybody say amen to that? I believe it with my whole heart because I am a testimony from that. The miracle will only happen if we allow Jesus to dwell in my brokenness. It will only happen. All my shattered pieces, right? If he takes him, he's going to make him into a miracle. Your past your present and your future will not be remembered by your brokenness, by your shattered pieces, nor by the mistakes that you've made. But instead, it will be remembered by the greatest miracle that Jesus did in the cross where he forgave you, when he restored you, and when he put you back in the place that you deserved. So when people looked at me and people that know my past and when people that know what I've done, what I did, what I've experienced... When they see me, <laughs> if they only see who I was, then they're only going to focus in the, in the brokenness. But if I allow him, if I allow God, and if I allow others to see what God did in my life, then I can definitely say that God is a miracle worker. And he continued to work. Yes. So your greatest brokenness will be your greatest miracle. I'm going to say it again. Your greatest brokenness will be your greatest miracle. But we need to allow him to dwell. We need to allow him, allow him to reside in our lives, to be part of what we're doing. This is what Psalm 147 verse 3 says. He heals, again the word heals. He heals the brokenhearted. He heals the shattered pieces in your life. He heals your fractured heart. And what does he do? And he bandages their wounds. 
He wants to treat. He wants to heal. He wants to mend your heart, your past. And he wants to make something beautiful out of it. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says this. And this gives me hope. But he was pierced. Or he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities or for our sins. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, and by his wounds, by his brokenness, by his pain, this morning you and I can experience healing. And how many of you guys want to be healed by the power and the anointing of Jesus this morning? Come on. You're healed by his wounds. But all that we need to do is just allow him to come. All that we need to do is just to trust him with my brokenness. He's not going to leave you there. He was hurting what you were hurting. I'm going to conclude with this. One of the things that I learned is that even when Jesus heals my brokenness, when he has healed my brokenness, there are some scars in my life. <laughs> and those scars, there are marks, right, that will remain in, our, in my life forever. But when Jesus appeared to his disciples, they, they ignore him. They didn't know who he was, right? And one of the signs or one of the things that he was able to testify that was Jesus, what was it? The scars and the marks that were in his hands and in his feet. And when people, when the disciples looked at those scars, they definitely said he had defeated, conquered the grave. When we experience brokenness, when we hurt, when we're in pain, when we allow him to come and to heal, he will mend our hearts. But there's going to be the scars, right? But then those scars will only mean something. That God conquered my brokenness. Therefore, I am set free from any detrimental brokenness. Your scars will be the biggest testimony. Your scars will be the biggest testimony that Jesus dwelled with you in your broken shadow life. Can anybody say amen to that? Your broken relationships may not be restored. Not everything will be so perfect. And can I be honest? <laughs> Sometimes I still struggle with my broken life. Not every person, every relationship that hurt me, we're not the best body buddies. But all the people that have hurt me, I was able to let go of that bitterness. I was able to go of that hatred. And I was able to pray for my enemies. And up to this point, there's some things that I don't understand as to why things happen. All that I got to do is you trust him that everything that he's done has been for my own good. And he still continued to put me together. He still continued to work in me. 
Not everything is perfect, right? But everything is be perfect in his hands. So how do we respond to this? And we're going to respond with communion. So when you walked in, there was uh, the elements for communion. And if you don't have the cups and the bread, right? There is on the back and the front, I believe there's the elements so that you can partake with us this morning. Isaiah said that through his punishment, that through his sacrifice, he gave us peace. So if you could please get the bread out first. When Jesus was about to die, he spent his last moments with his disciples. What it was going to be his last meal. And he did something really powerful. Bible says that Jesus took the bread that he gave thanks but then what he says that he broke it he didn't give the entire love <laughs> there was a significance in the brokenness there was something powerful and beautiful and the fact that Jesus' body was going to be destroyed so that I could find peace and hope. So that as we take the bread, I would like to ask you something. When you're taking the broken body of Jesus, it's a, it's a symbol, I want you to rest on him. I want you to give all the broken, all the shattered pieces in your life. I want you to allow him to dwell in your life through this bread. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake of this bread. Once he had broke bread, Babu says that he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. When you drink this cup, I would like to ask you something. I would like to ask to allow Jesus to allow his blood to cleanse you from any pain. To cleanse you from any hurt. To cleanse you from any bitterness. To cleanse you from any pride. And the blood of Jesus can heal. Oh, come on. The blood of Jesus can restore. And as you take this cup. I want you to surrender yourself to him and say, God, I want you to make me new. So let us partake of the blood of Jesus. I would like to pray for you this morning. Jesus, I want to thank you for the sacrifice you did 
man on the cross for me. It was because of your brokenness. It was because of your punishment that this morning I find peace. God, right now I just pray for every person, every family represented in this room. I pray for those whose lives have been shattered and fractured by life. God, I pray that your blood will you continue to make us new. Will you continue to heal our hearts, Lord? Will you bring oneness this morning? Will you bring healing in the name of Jesus? God, we understand that without you, we're nothing. God, forgive us for the times that we thought we could do it on our own. God, forgive me for the times that I've hurt other people because of my own brokenness. This morning, I want you to come and dwell in those areas that I need to be healed. And I thank you, God, for your redemptive work this morning. We love you and we worship you for who you are. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Isn't God good this morning? Hey, I want to ask you to stand. Will you stand with me? I'm going to read a benediction. Hey, if you need prayer, the, the prayer team is going to be here at the front. They're also going to be the prayer team in the back. We don't want you to go if you need prayer. We want you to allow God and allow other people to pray for you so that you can find healing in the name of Jesus. So will you extend your hands out for me? May the grace, the love, hope of God be upon your life and to those around you. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and make you whole and blameless. And may the Lord strengthen you completely in everything that you do so that you can be a greater blessing and hope to those around you. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Hey, B4 in Centro Victoria, it was a delight to be with you. Be with Jesus. Thank you for coming out. And we'll see you guys next Sunday. Have a blessed day. We love you guys.